Hey. Hey. Coffee. Abstaining. Hungry. Maybe. Movie. Seen it. Fast play. What's fast play? The new game from the Connecticut Lottery with a growing jackpot. Growing jackpot. Think big. It's easy. The easiest. And fast. Super fast. Quick like a bunny. Yep. Formula One fast. Faster. 5G speed. Wrong ad. Fast play from the Connecticut Lottery. Play fast. Win big. Use your game sense. Odds vary by and during games. Must be 18 or older to purchase. CTLottery.org. Hello, guys, and welcome to the Good Girl Podcast. I am your host, Vicky V, Victoria, Tori, whatever you want to call me. I have my lovely best friend with us today. Rebecca Dukes is in the house. Hi, guys. I have podcast regular with us this morning, Mark's. What's up? Give them something. Give them. Man, look, if I could drop a beat for you right quick, I would, but <laughs> not this morning. If you guys could see her, she's in her cute little bucket hat. Yeah. It's, it's okay. tie-dye and it's purple. Yep. It's pretty cute. Stylish. I'm so Thank excited you. because we have a special guest with us today. Keely Dennis is in the house. Hey, everybody. Yay. <laughs> we love Keely. We love Keely so much. Yes. She's 19 years old. Mm-hmm. She goes to Lindsay Wilson College here in Kentucky, right? Or is yeah. it Tennessee? It's Kentucky? Central Kentucky. Central yeah. Kentucky. She is a pastor's kid, mm-hmm. missionary kid. Yep. Um, her dad is super cool. He's yeah. the president of the bank or something. I don't know. Director? Vice president? Vice president. <laughs> She's like, I That's should know this. <laughs> Anyways, I love her family so much. She's from the same community that we are from, and we've known her family for a long time. Mm-hmm. And she actually came to me um, a, a couple weeks ago yeah. and asked if she could meet with me, and she just spilled her heart, her mm-hmm. testimony, um, and she let me know how this podcast is helping her and affecting her life and setting her free. And yeah. man, you had me crying in the <laughs> coffee shop. I and I mean, it wasn't like huge tears. It was little tears, but that's huge for me. <laughs> I was insane. I was crying. I was like, oh my god, I can't believe that wow. this podcast is actually really helping people and setting good girls free. This episode is titled, Porn Likes Good Girls Too. Spicy. Whoa! It's intense. I'm going to cut right to the chase. Let's expose the lie that good girls, for one, don't watch porn. Churchy girls don't watch it. Pastor's kids don't watch it. They're not tempted with it. Um, For me, as a pastor's kid... A good girl, a little saint, we know whatever they want to call us, yeah. churchy girl. Um, I don't think anyone would have ever thought that I struggled with pornography. No. That yeah. would have never even crossed their mind. Um, and that's why I was so terrified to talk about it. That's why I was so afraid to bring it to the light. I was so ashamed. Um, I was even terrified to tell my best friends, you know, Rebecca, Beth, and the people that I grew up with. I was so, so scared. Mm-hmm. Um, and the truth is that there's so many people dealing with this addiction, with this spirit, this demon, this monster, um, and we want to talk about it. It's so important. It's so damaging to the soul, to the mind, to the eyes, to your spirit, mm-hmm. and it's so addicting. Uh, when the guys were on the, the podcast a couple weeks ago, I think that Jonathan said that um, when you're watching pornography, 
uh, the chemicals that are released in your brain mm-hmm. is the same type of thing that's released when you do heroin or mm-hmm. any type of yeah. hard Ooh. drug. Mm-hmm. So it's this crazy. is a, it's, I think he actually said it's more addicting than heroin. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is, this is a spiritual thing yeah. that yeah. can attach itself to you and cripple you, kill you. Uh, Ephesians 5, 8 says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. And that's what we're doing this this morning, today, yeah. whenever you're listening, tonight. <laughs> For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. It's so, it's so uh, bad when you're doing things in secret and you're not exposing them in the light. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. So as soon as you talk about your issues, as soon as you get real, that darkness turns into light yeah. because you're helping people. Mm-hmm. You're overcoming by the word of your testimony. Yeah. You're defeating Satan. Yeah. He doesn't want you to stay, um, you know, he, he doesn't want you to come out with all the things that you're secretly dealing with. Yeah. He wants you to stay in the darkness. The word of God says as soon as you bring it to light, God anoints that thing and, and he lets the world see it as something lovely because he's changed you, you know. Mm-hmm. Therefore, he says, God says, Awake, you who sleep. Arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Mm-hmm. Woo! Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. So, oh my gosh. Start talking about what you're dealing with. Yeah. Yeah. Get with your girlfriends. Get yep. get with your youth pastor. Um, hey, get with us. Talk about what you're going yep. through. Expose it. You will get so much freedom, healing, peace. Yeah. It's going to blow your mind. Yeah. Porn is such a huge issue. Yep. And um, we're going to talk about a few things today. We're going to talk about pornography, shame, emotional pornography. Keely's going to explain what that means uh, but before we get into that, I want you to just tell us your story. Okay. And uh, fill us in on what you've been dealing with. And yeah, let's get real, girl. Let's do it. Okay, so um, my testimony. I grew up in church. I was in church every time the doors were open from the time that I was a baby. Um, I didn't know that people didn't go to church. I just thought that was the normal thing. And I was shocked when I found out that there were some people who that wasn't their Sunday routine, um, Wednesday routine every, you know, all the time. So I grew up in church, um, and my dad was always involved with the youth. Um, he taught Sunday school, things like that when I was in elementary school. But when I was in fifth grade, he actually accepted the call to be a youth pastor at a different church. So during this time I was transitioning from elementary school to middle school and moving churches and all of this was happening at the same time. So we went to this other church um, and I was in with the new crowd in this this group. They were a family. So immediately I felt like the outsider mm-hmm. almost. Um, not because of them. They're great. But I just felt like the outsider. And I was the young one and I was a preacher's, the pastor's kid. So all of these things. Um, throughout middle school and high school, I battled that stereotype of being the preacher's kid because 
I think if you're a pastor's kid, you get one of two stereotypes. Either people think you're rebellious, like the movies, and you're mm-hmm. going to go wild and rebel <laughs> and go crazy, or they think you're perfect and can do no wrong. Yeah. Um, and so I definitely got the perfect one. Um, people pe- people would say, you know, Keely, close your Christian ears. You can't hear this. Or Everyone would stop talking when you walked. Yeah, through. they so would, like, they would <laughs> stop. Keely's here, don't say that. Yeah, they would Come stop on. talking about the weekends, um, what happened if I would come in or they would just say, you know, side comments about me being the good girl, all these different things. So I battled with that um, mainly because what nobody knew is that in fourth grade, I was at a friend's house and together we were exposed to pornography for the first time um, when I was in fourth grade. So we were just talking about this before we recorded how the enemy comes at a young age and he tries to, still your innocence when you're young. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely what happened um, to me and this friend. So are you like eight? Is that eight or nine? Fourth grade? I, I don't know how old. It's like eight or nine. Let's see. Fifth is ten. Yeah, like so nine. I mean, yeah, wow. Young. So really, really young. Wow. And I don't remember a lot. I feel like that part is kind of blurred. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if like God blurred that for me, so I don't remember if that's just a normal thing that happens, but I just remember during that time period, you know, I would go to her house every once in a while, and it was just a reoccurring thing, Um, so that's when it happened, and then that was fourth grade, and then I already talked about fifth grade is when all those transitions happened, but also with that, um, this friend moved away. Her and her Mm -hmm. family moved to a different state, so then I was quite literally the only person who knew um, about what was going on. Mm-hmm. And so, so I she moved away. Yeah. Now you're stuck with this addiction. Yeah. So that, if it's, if it's reoccurring, it's already a re- addiction. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And, and nobody knows. And so I was isolated and I think we all know the enemy thrives in isolation. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah so sure. I was battling this all alone while coming into school and hearing close your Christian ears and, you know, you don't struggle and all these judgments and stereotypes, but knowing on the inside, like, oh man, they, they They don't don't know. know. They they don't, they don't know. And I can't tell them because then, because of what they think. That's what I struggled with so bad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've heard the same type of stuff. Like, oh, Tori doesn't even know what that means. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I got that all the time. And I'm Mm -hmm. thinking, you have no idea what I'm actually doing, what I've done. Yeah. Yeah. And the enemy made me feel like crap. Yeah. I just wanted, I feel like I was being suffocated by Satan Mm -hmm. and no one really knew the truth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's exactly what I felt. And it was like every time that I would hear a comment or even at church, you know, I sang at church and stuff and um, little old ladies and people at church would come up to me and be like, oh, man, if just if every every young girl could be just like you, mm-hmm. like, oh, I man, you know, too. other people that look up to you. You're such a good example for mm-hmm. people. I got that all the time. And on the inside, I would just, every time something like that happened, it was like deeper and deeper into shame. Yeah. And so I would just bury it deeper and deeper. And I was like, nobody's ever going to, nobody will ever know. Nobody's ever going to find out because I can't. Mm -hmm. It would ruin my reputation. It would, um, people would be disappointed in me. Mm -hmm. I was so scared of what people would look at me differently. They wouldn't be proud of me anymore. Um, so yeah. If they knew you were struggling. If they really knew me, Mm -hmm. um, nobody would love me the same. I think that was a really big lie. Like, 
The enemy convinced me that if people ever knew, they wouldn't think about me or love me or treat me the same at all. So I was like, well, then nobody will ever know because they think this about me right now and it's going to stay that way. Um, and I'm never going to, I'm never going to do that. And so I would go through the cycle of like church camps and revivals and stuff. I would go down to the altar and be like, Lord, please take it away. Take this away from me. I'm done with it. You know, it's gone every time I would, I would have those experiences. Um, and I would ask for forgiveness and then I would try on my own willpower to like make it and to fight it on my own. Mm -hmm. Um, and then every time that I fell again or I was tempted again or it happened again, it was like deeper into shame. Mm -hmm. Um, and I would think, man, I'm not worthy. I'm not, I'll never be good enough. Like I'm not worthy of love. I'm never, I'm never going to find someone who loves me. Um, and if, if the people who love me now knew about this, then they wouldn't love me anymore. Mm -hmm. And so that was such a big fear that I just stayed, stayed in that cycle. Um, oh, for, the devil is such a liar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Rat. That I had the same thoughts as you. Yeah. Seriously. Same. Like, yeah, because people used to come to me and be like, you are so perfect. Like, yeah. you are such a good example. I want my daughters to be just like you. Oh, yeah. And that... Exactly, it, got me. <laughs> it filled me with so much shame so much. because I knew what I was doing yeah. and that they found out because I, I cared that they thought about yeah. me that way. Yeah. I wanted them to keep thinking about me that way. Yep. And so I, I just thought that's why I could never tell them what I was yeah. actually doing because I didn't want to change their opinion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I told Tori that's this good. when we had coffee a few weeks ago, but I remember um, my dad was youth pastor at our church and for a while we, there was a season where we had these um, cardboard boxes stacked up on a wall and they had different names of, um, different sins on them, like, mm -hmm. um, drug addiction, alcohol, pornography, sexual immorality, all these different things. And the purpose of it was to go and put a tally mark on what you struggled with so that you could see that you weren't alone. Mm -hmm. Um, and so other people would know that. And, um, I was alone in our church one time, I had gone there to practice piano. I knew that there was no other cars in the parking lot. I was there by myself. I walked into the youth room and stood in front of the box that said pornography. And I was so ashamed I could not put a tally mark on it. And I was the only one there. I could not walk up to the box and write a tally mark on it. And I was like, like my, my, I couldn't take a step forward. That's how ashamed I was of, of what I knew that I was struggling with that nobody else knew. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's so, um, well, it's horrible what the enemy does to us. Yeah. And he does it to all of us. Mm -hmm. It is such a lie yeah. for you to think you are not good because you're dealing this with this one thing or five things or 15 things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because the truth is none of us are good. The right. Bible says our righteousness is as of rags. You know, we we are all filthy. Yeah. Um, we are all dirty. As soon as we take our first breath in this evil world, we are tainted. Mm -hmm. um, and the enemy is coming after us with every single thing he's got when we're five years old, when we're two years old, when we're 15 yeah. years old. He starts trying as soon as we take our first breath. And for you to think that you are not good because you... Um, are dealing with something 
um, it's such a lie yeah. because none of us are good. We are only made good by the goodness of God. He is yeah. the only one that is good. And because he is so good, we get to be good because mm-hmm. of his goodness yeah. and his blood that covers us. Yeah. And that that is the church really, really has been bad about this. Mm-hmm. Judging making us feel like when we come forward, we're the only ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you got people from the platform. When you tell them what you're dealing with, they act like they never dealt with it before. Mm-hmm. And, you, yeah. and that's a bunch of crap. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, even, and, and I know discipline is good. Discipline's great. Yeah. But we just, we need to be more real. Like if, mm-hmm. let's just say you're on a worship team and you're leading worship and you go to your worship pastor and you say, I'm dealing with this thing and you're honest and you come forward, and I just want help, I want accountability, they're probably going to sit you down, not let you serve for a while until you get that thing in check. And I don't agree with that because every single person on the platform is dealing with stuff. They were just the brave ones that came up. Yeah. 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 So the the church... That's the hardest part. Yeah, that's the hardest part. Just being brave and saying, yeah, I'm dealing with something. Right, right. It's so hard. It's so hard. You have so much pride in your what you're dealing with. You're like, just... Like you said, I can't tell anybody about this. Yeah. And then just saying something is so hard. It's so hard. And then as soon as we do come forward, a lot of times the church and leaders in the church will put shame on us, mm-hmm. sit us down, isolate us. Like the last thing we need sometimes is to be set down. I, yeah. Uh, let's pray about this. Now, now it's different if you if you keep continuing right. in mm-hmm. sin or, like, if it's a, a guy that's sleeping with five girls on the worship team, like, get out of here. Yeah. But, you know, like, so there's different uh, situations, of course. Um, but in a situation like this, um, if you're dealing with something and you need help yeah. and you're humble and you're mm-hmm. trying, um, right. sometimes it's so hard to come forward because of what I'm, what mm-hmm. I'm saying. People mm-hmm. will look at us differently, treat us differently, and that is so wrong. Every single one of us. And that's why in the church it happens so much that it comes out that the pastor's sleeping with five women or or he's molesting little boys or whatever because he could never tell anybody what he's dealing with. Because of his title. Because of his title and who he's supposed to be. And every single person on this planet is dealing with something. I don't care who you are. Mm -hmm. I don't care how good you appear, how good people think that you are. You're dealing with something. And if if you say you're not, guess what? You're a liar. And we know what Mm -hmm. the Bible says about liars. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so even my, part of my story is like, I, I knew that the people around me like deep down, I knew that they would help me mm-hmm. and that they they wouldn't look at me any differently. I mean, my parents are in, in ministry and I've heard conversations at my own house of, of people, of students coming to them with something they're struggling with and my parents reacting in love and grace and, you know, just the best reaction. And I knew deep down that that's what would happen for me too, but I was still so scared. Like, am I the exception? Yeah. <laughs> am I, am I the exception, um, to what I've seen and what I've known? And even like older girls who I viewed as big sisters, deep down, I knew if I just tell them it'll be great, but I still couldn't. Yeah. And I remember my dad said this a lot, um, that when you confess your sins to God, 
that's for forgiveness. And he mm-hmm. wipes you clean and he forgives you. But then James 5.16 says, confess your sins to others and you'll be healed. Wow. So the confession to another person is what brings that healing. And that verse we read in Ephesians, that's what exposes the shame and brings darkness to light. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so when I was a junior in high school, I finally... Um, we had been to Haiti and come back, and there was a friend, a girl who had went with us that was not from Greenville, not from our hometown. She was from um, about 45 minutes away, and I, for some reason, I was just like, she's the one. Like, mm-hmm. she's who I trust. I trust her. I'm going to talk to her, wow. and I looked up to her. She's a worship leader. She's incredible, and I was still scared. I was like, there's no way she's dealt with it. Like, there's no way that she can relate. She's amazing. I put her on a pedestal. Um, and, but I was like, I I trust her. I can tell her. So we got back from Haiti and about a week later they were having a worship night at their church. And I just told my parents, Hey, I want to go to their worship night. Um, didn't tell them that I wanted to talk to her or anything. I was just like, I just want to go to her church and see her. So I drove there and the whole way I'm like, Keely, you can't do this. Like, you're not really going to do this. Um, you can't really think that this is about to happen. (laughs) And so, um, I pull into their church and I sat down by myself. I didn't really know anybody. And I was like, okay, trying to come up with a story in my head of something else that I could talk about. Because I'd already told her I, I needed to talk. And I was like, I can't do this. What's something else that I could say I'm struggling with and before getting to, like, the the main thing? The actual thing. Yeah, what, <laughs> what's something else that I could say? And then every single song in the worship set was about letting go, have mm. no fear, um, surrender it all. Like there is freedom. It was crazy. And I knew that the Lord was just telling me like, let it go. Keely, just, just let it go. So after the service, she pulls me to another room and, um, she was just like, Keely, what is it? I'm shaking my whole body. Like I'm sitting in a chair, but my whole body is shaking. Mm. And I remember I was like, think I was so convinced that she was going to look at me differently. And I remember this like it was yesterday. I looked at her face, and I looked down at the floor, and I told her, you know, I struggle I struggle with pornography. Mm-hmm. I said that was the first time I had said the word wow. out loud wow. ever in my life. So wow. And so I said it. I took a deep breath. There was tears running down my face. And I remember thinking, I'm going to look up at her, and it's going to be different. Like, mm-hmm. she's going to be disappointed. I was ready for it. I was wow. preparing myself. And I looked up at her, and she had tears in her eyes, and she said, me too. (gasps) Wow. Oh, crap. That's going to make me cry. Listen, I broke down. Broke down. I mean, sobbing. And I'm like, Tori, I don't cry very often. (laughs) Um, Well, I'm a big crybaby, so that's why I'm tearing up already. Listen, I sobbed. I was like, there's no way. And so then she starts crying. Um, She told me her whole testimony and how she was freed from that and told me how proud she was of me. And she was like, she called out, like, I know that you're feeling this fear that I'm going to think of you differently. I know because I was, it was my story too. And so she just erased all of those fears and Ooh, and like shout out to that girl. Yeah, For she's real? incredible. Where you at, girl? And the and the opposite of what I was thinking, she was like, "I'm so proud of you." And now I'm I'm like even more proud of you than I was before. Wow. And so it was the exact opposite of what I expected. It's always almost. the opposite. Yeah. Of what you think. yeah. And the the freedom I felt in that moment was like I just took a deep breath, took a deep breath, and so the whole drive home, 
I, I remember I still have it I was like so on a spiritual high and like <laughs> fired up I have a voice memo like 20 minutes of me like <laughs> literally like devil you're stupid and like just like <laughs> I'm so free from this and just wow. declaring that um and so from that that was my junior year. From then on, I was free from the addiction to pornography. Just you Ooh. saying it out loud. Yeah. Thank yeah. Wow. Jesus. Yeah. Just wow. Literally, I said it out loud, and it was like it lost its power. It. Yeah. It lost its power over me. We overcome by the yeah. word of our testimony. Yeah. And that wow. verse. That verse. Um, I meant to mention that it was Revelation twelve eleven. It says the enemy's defeated by the blood of the lamb and the word mm-hmm. of our testimony. And that was part of the reason that I had confidence to share my story is because that's a promise in the word. Yeah. Like the enemy will be defeated. So I was like, you know what? Just do it. If he's going to be defeated, then just I'll tell my story. Um, so that was my junior year. I was freed from the addiction. But then even after that conversation with her, I still battled so much shame. And I was like, all right, Lord, one person knows that's good. <laughs> um, one person knows we're good now. I don't have to tell anybody else. Um, and so from junior year until literally January of this year, I'm a sophomore in college now. Um, I was still in that shame, Mm -hmm. so much shame. Nobody else knew. Um, and I kept my story very hidden, very polished. And anytime somebody asked me my testimony, I would give them a very vague, like, oh, I grew up a preacher's kid and, you know, I struggle with stuff and I just (laughs) you know I wouldn't I wouldn't say anything um and then in January of this year I went to a passion conference in Georgia um and there was a sermon and Matt Chandler was talking about um the woman at the well and Mm -hmm. how Jesus met her the whole thing was Jesus met her in the middle of her shame and, and set her free from her shame. And there was this quote that changed my life, rocked my world, took the breath out of me. He said, to be 99% known is to be unknown. And when he said that, he was talking about how, like, God wants every single part of you. And there's not one part of you that he doesn't want, even if it's 1%, even if it's 10%. Like, those things that... Um, that you're ashamed of all of that he wants and he loves mm-hmm. he loves every part of you yeah and I realized in that moment that I was still holding on to that that one percent that one percent and that's something that I still hadn't given up was the shame of it so um, we went back to our hotel room that night and all my friends that were with me on that trip knew that something was going on with me but they didn't ask they let me have my moment mm-hmm. and so um there was this closet in our hotel room, and that night I went into that closet with a Bible, told my roommates just to go to bed, I'd be there soon, um, opened up my journal, my Bible, turned on some worship music, and cried out my testimony to the Lord for the first time since that conversation with the girl my junior year. And I just gave it to him. I was like, Lord, I'm done with the shame of it. Like, it happened. It's over. You set me free from it. So now I'm not going to be ashamed anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not. I'm, it's yours now. Um, I'm done with the shame. I'm done with feeling this weight. Um, so I surrendered that. And, um, 23 days later, I spoke at a revival, um, at my college and told my testimony in front of 150 people. And if you would have told me that this time last year, like Mm -hmm. Keely, you're going to share your story in front of all your friends at school. I would have literally laughed in your face. Like there's no way. Absolutely not. Um, and then the Lord set me free from that at that conference. And and you said, you told me that when you spoke at that conference, mm-hmm. 
tons of girls were coming up to you saying, me too, me too, me too, me too. Yeah. And you couldn't believe that so many people were struggling with pornography and this issue. Um, Mm -hmm. Satan doesn't want us to say what it is we're dealing with. Right. Because he knows the word just like we know the word. He knows as soon as you say, whoo, that gave me chills. As soon as you say, this is what I'm dealing with, and you expose it, the demon has to go. The enemy is defeated. It doesn't say the sin is defeated. The enemy is defeated yeah. because it's it's an enemy that we're fighting. Yeah, it's it's it it becomes sin because we give into it, um, and we give it power. Yeah, but it's it's a it's a demon. It's a spirit. It's the devil, Satan, yeah. that we are fighting. Yeah. yeah. So I want that to give you freedom too. It's yeah. not you necessarily. Yeah. You may be giving into the temptation, but you're fighting against a very yeah. powerful force right. demonic force and as soon as you expose it and come into the light you defeat it yeah it's that simple yeah yeah and so after that when I when I realized like oh my goodness every time I tell my story the enemy's defeated like mm-hmm. every time and other mm-hmm. girls are getting set free um from then on I was like okay Lord whenever I have the opportunity it's yours like wow. any any fear is work because it's still uneasy, you know. You go to tell your story oh, to somebody, yeah. and it's like, yeah. uh, this is still it's awkward. It's not like it gets easy. No, and it wasn't easy. I want to just ask you this, and I'm sure I'm correct because it is for me too. Yeah. It's not like you're totally um, perfect, or you don't struggle, right. or you're not tempted. Mm. You still have to fight because mm-hmm. you said you were free as soon as you told that one girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but were there times where you were? tempted or you wanted to fall back into it or was it completely boom clean for the most part honestly it's been like completely free and I mean there have been a few times when it's like something will happen and um like the shame of it all comes back and when when that shame comes back it's like I just feel so defeated like might as well just just do it again yeah Uh well for me like there's triggers like I know that Mm -hmm. I can't watch certain things I was gonna say that or on Instagram you know things that will trigger you right like well maybe right and yeah that lust comes back yeah right that'll get you yeah so you have to continue to fight absolutely and everyone's different too Mm -hmm. so um we don't we don't want you to think that just because um you do get freedom and you tell your story that everything's going to be perfectly oh, right. perfect. Yeah. It's a continual fight. Yeah. It's a continual dying to your flesh daily. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's a continual telling your story, getting freedom. Um, but it starts with exposing the darkness like mm-hmm. we're talking about. Yeah. Start there. Start the journey. And, yeah, like it's just a journey. Absolutely. It's and. And sometimes the road is rocky and sometimes we fall down, but we just got to get up and keep walking, keep mm-hmm. growing, keep uh, maturing. Yeah. So yeah, good. For sure. That's mm-hmm. beautiful story. Like, that's it amazing. Was. Y'all yeah. really came after the heart strings on that one. <laughs> that hurt me. Yeah. I was over here amazing. getting ready to boo-hoo for real. <laughs> Whoever the girl is that um, said me too She's to incredible. you. Um so powerful yeah so powerful what she did in that moment Mm -hmm. and that's what we've got to do we've got to get real with one another absolutely we've got to expose this stuff guys we're all dealing with stuff it is okay yeah we are humans 
Yeah. Eve picked the apple and ate it, okay? Like, she... Yeah. Eve? She was the beginning. <laughs> and since Bull. her... Since Adam and Eve, there has not been a perfect human. Yeah. And okay. there will not be a there perfect will not human. Be ever. Ever. No. Ever, ever, ever. Period. So, be free from shame. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Be free from shame in Jesus' name. Yeah. Hey, that rhymed. Be free from shame in Jesus' name. <laughs> We're going to make a whole track after that. Y'all can buy my mixtape. Shout out to the- Kanye. <laughs> <laughs> the worst. Oh, yeah, he did say that. <laughs> yeah. The worst thing about shame, my dad has taught on this too, is guilt attaches itself to what you did. And you feel guilty for what you did. But shame attaches itself to who you are. Mm. And it says that, you know, because of what you did, you are this. And that's mm. such a liar. Oh, that's good. Because, Ew. you know, shame tries to convince you that I am what I did. I right. am worthless. Yeah. I am not good enough. I'm disgusting. I'm not yeah. worthy. I'm dirty. And that's mm. not true. Mm-mm. It's not true. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the word the word says that God sees us white as snow. And we we don't, we can't wrap our heads around that because yeah. we know everything but because of Jesus and because of his sacrifice, like, he is our righteousness. He is, what you said earlier, what makes us good. Mm-hmm. And so we have to fight that lie that says that we are worthless. No, mm-hmm. God's the one who tells us our identity. He's the one that says all these things about us. He says we're worthy. Um, he says we're chosen and that we're loved. Mm-hmm. And you have to claim, actively claim those things over your life. And believe them and expose the enemy for who he is. Um, the past couple weeks, I've been in this really like weird thing the Lord's doing in my heart, where it's I'm just mad at the enemy. Like mm-hmm. you suck, get out of here. Yeah, like, please. I'll think a, I'll think a thought and be like, that's not from the Lord. Like, yeah. get out of here. You you can't you can't be in here anymore. Like go back to hell where you belong. Seriously, mm-hmm. Brian and Katie Torwalt have a song that says. Fear can go to hell. Shame can go there too. Mm. I know who I am. I belong to you. And that's the attitude that we should have as believers. We don't have to wallow in like, I'm feeling this today. Absolutely expose it. But realize we have the authority and the power to be like, no, devil, go back to hell where you belong. You know, like kick him in in the throat, punch him in the face, send him back to hell where where he belongs and realize that we have the authority to claim on earth as it is in heaven to claim his thoughts over ours and to be transformed by the renewing of our minds and to think Jesus's thoughts and to have his mind. We actually have that authority and we can live in that. And God's been teaching me that. So, um, just claim it over your life. Claim what he says about you. If you have to look in a mirror and say that, then do it. If you have to read out Psalm 139, I've done that before. Read it out over yourself, but claim it and realize that you can actually, you have that authority to mm-hmm. send those lies back to hell yeah. where they belong. Oh, yeah. That's good. You've got yeah. the authority for sure. Yeah. yeah. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Do it. Kill yeah. them. Kill the demons. <laughs> yeah. Kill all the demons. Yeah. Off with their heads. So, Keely, as soon as you said yes to Jesus and to telling your story, mm-hmm. God began to say yes to you yeah. and began to use you, yeah. which is something that God does. Yeah. As soon as we really surrender, like you said, that 1% that we're holding back, mm-hmm. as soon as we give him 100% yeah. and we say, okay, Lord, I'm going to be real. Yeah, I'm going to tell my story. 
he'll start opening doors for you to tell your story. Quickly. Here, here we go. Quickly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Quick. Yeah. He's like, okay, let's go. He doesn't yeah. waste any time. No. He's yeah. going after his kids. He wants us free. Mm-hmm. He does not waste any time. You know, we know that with Crave. Yeah. Our five-year goal was to have 500 students yeah. in our church here in Central City. It happened on the very first night. True. And and now, you know, it's been six years. We've gone to other countries. We're going to a new it's country. Insane. As soon as you say yes, yeah. Jesus is like, let's run. Right. Let's go. And so that, that goes for you guys that are listening. Whatever it is that you're holding back, that, that 1%, give God 100%. And it may be simple things like we were talking about. Um, how reading romantic novels yeah. can skew our perception and our um, the way that we look yeah. at romance or marriage or the way that it's mm-hmm. supposed to be. And uh, Rebecca was talking about in her marriage how she was watching a show. Rebecca, tell us about that. You were watching a show. Yeah. So I was watching a show on Netflix. I'm not going to say the name. <laughs> I don't want you to go searching for it. <laughs> she doesn't want you to watch it. <laughs> yeah, I don't want it to do what it did to me, to you. But so I was watching this show, and it just seemed, you know, pretty innocent at first. It was just like just an easy show to watch. I didn't have to pay like too much attention. It was kind of like a comedy, romantic thing. And I love like romantic movies and yeah. shows and stuff. So I was like, I'm going to watch this. But it was like each episode, it was contorting uh, what love is Mm -hmm. and how, like, how I know that God created love to be. Mm -hmm. And it was just, like, so perverted. Like, each relationship was about some sort of love or relationship, and it was just, like, perverting it. Mm. Um, A little nasty. But I I was watching it, and I knew it was wrong. (laughs) I knew what they were doing was wrong in the show, but it's like I kind of got hooked to it. Mm. (laughs) And it was just, like, so... Um, interesting to me, like, what? People really live like this? This is okay in New York City? <laughs> like, York you City? know? <laughs> so I kind of got addicted, and I was watching, you know, at least an episode or two, like, every night. But I started kind of thinking, like, uh, this happened last year, so I'd only been married about a year at the time. So it was kind of making me, like, look at my own marriage and my own relationship and kind of think, well, they're doing that in that show, and it seems fun, or so is that okay to do in my marriage or mm-hmm. my relationship? Or it kind of made me think, well, they've been married for like 15 years in this one story, and they started like experimenting with other things. Well, can I, you know, that yeah, kind of seems maybe. fun. Like, let's spice it up. Yeah, let's spice <laughs> it up a little bit. Let's uh, do some fun things, you know? <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so yeah. we're not married. You're married. Right. For those of you that hate on us and say you don't know what you're talking about because we're not married, Rebecca Dukes is married. I am. Two years. I just want to make that yeah. clear. Yeah. Anyways, because um, we, we always think that, or I'm, I don't know what I'm saying. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm looking around like, who's I'm we? Putting, I'm putting y'all in like, the same category as me. I'm sorry. But I I have this fear Let's expose this fear. Let's see if we have it. Okay. Um, about marriage. Yeah. It, it scares me to think that. Oh, gosh. <laughs> like, there's only one forever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I've been I have single that same for fear. so long. Mm-hmm. 
you know, I date this guy, then, well, that's not it. So it's all good because there's another guy. And, and so, like, just having one person, it's like, oh, God. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what if after five years, like you're yeah. saying, yeah, this is not exciting anymore? Yeah. Or That's kind of what that show was doing to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I started thinking, well, our relationship isn't like that. Or they're way more exciting than we are. And I kind of started... Like, I love my husband to death. Like, he's amazing. He's the best person ever. But I kind of started feeling like I was dissatisfied a little bit mm-hmm. in certain areas. Because of that stupid show. Yeah, right. because of right. how it probably because, romanticizes yeah, certain aspects and then of it relationships. Also, yeah, it was crazy. It was bad. It was so bad. And so that, that we're going back to the porn issue here. Yeah. It may not be... You know, you may not be watching, like, some crazy, horrible stuff, Mm -hmm. but you may be addicted to shows that are really perverted. Yeah. And um, they're they're messing up how you view relationships. I feel like, you know, like, the enemy who's after our soul, he, like, will sneak in in any way that he can. Oh, yeah. So if we give him an inch or we give him, you know, whatever. Yeah, and you think uh, something as innocent as, like, a Netflix show, that can't be that big of a deal. Exactly. No, it's just a show or it's just a song. Just something that's trying to relax. Yeah. No big deal. Yeah. The devil will use anything he can. anything. He's got sex everywhere. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. As, As the world says, sex sells. Okay, yeah. it does. Yeah, we all yeah. want it. Mm-hmm. We are all perverted in some sort of way. Yeah. yeah, and let's just let's say this too. We talked about it a little bit before, but I don't know about y'all. I've definitely done it on YouTube. You get hooked on proposal videos or wedding videos, mm-hmm. and you just fantasize about like, oh, I wonder it's what mine's so gonna perfect. be. It's is magical. mine gonna be that way? Like, how's yeah. my husband gonna propose to me? Or is yeah. my wedding gonna look like, like this? Am I gonna, these, is it gonna be that big and that all white? Oh my god! Decorations. Is he gonna cry when I walk down the aisle? Yes. Like all these things. Yeah. And I remember talking to uh, one of the girls that I view as a big sister in my youth group when I was in high school. And she talked about this whole thing. She would read romance novels and she would watch these videos and watch like Nicholas Sparks movies and you know, all this stuff. (laughs) And she said she had to stop because what she called it is emotional pornography. Mm. How you just get caught in this cycle of like fantasy of what you think love is supposed to look like or what it's supposed to feel like. And if it's not that then you're constantly searching for the next one. Yeah. You're seeking that perfection, what you think it is, because mm-hmm. all of those things, the wedding videos, those are the highlight reels, you know? Yeah, we don't get to see what's behind the yeah. scenes. Yeah, you don't. The argument that they had three days before their wedding when the husband had cold feet, and he was like, I don't know if I can do this, actually. Yeah, like, nobody, <laughs> nobody sees that. We compare. We compare our... <laughs> But we compare our struggles to somebody else's highlight reel. And that causes such um, dissatisfaction. And it causes you to seek perfection. Emotional anxiety. Which is what's so wrong with our culture and millennials because Mm. of the social media platform. and um, Relationship goals. Relationship goals. (laughs) Everything is showing their... Everyone is showing their highlights. The best parts of their lives. The best parts of their lives. And that's what we romanticize. Yeah, that's, that's our idea. We shape what we think relationships look like, what love looks like, all based off of what we see on social media or YouTube or yeah. movies or oh, 
Yeah, yes. it's not real. It's not it's real. It's not real. Yeah, it's not realistic. Like that's I can not take twenty happen. pictures before I put it on Instagram. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm like, a whole the catfish on Instagram. To make people real. Think, like, <laughs> Oh, you really, I really look like this. But if you see me in person, I really don't look like this. Yeah, yeah. you can go to my Instagram. On it. Yeah. I look great on my pictures, right? But then I came in today. And it's a Stop. whole different Yeah, I got, this, I got this big old zit on my cheek. You will never see me post a selfie with a big zit on my cheek. No. no. Like, I'm going to get rid of that before I post it. Yeah, right? It's fake. It's not yeah. real. It's all fake. Yeah. And that's why it's so important that... We become real. Yeah, and doesn't, like, the Bible, like Jesus says, like, one of it is for us to be content. Like, he wants mm. us to be content. Yeah. In all yeah. stages, in all, all circumstances. Yeah, in all circumstances of our yeah. lives. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's huge. So, I think it's really important to find, like, like, I was starting to feel a little dissatisfied with how mm-hmm. my relationship was or going. Or I didn't think it was as exciting as maybe I thought it should be or what others looked like. So, which God actually spoke to me and told me to stop watching that show. Mm -hmm. Like, I felt it so strong. Like, stop watching that show. So, I stopped, and I haven't watched it since. But I feel like uh, it's a fight sometimes to actually look. um, But why why do I love Derek? I didn't know if I should say his name. (laughs) (laughs) One time I got in trouble. (laughs) Or, like... What made me first fall in love with him? Like, what are some things that, you know, he's he's just awesome at? Or, you know, look for those things where I can be content. Content. You know, what God gave me and what I need. Mm-hmm. Like, Derek is something that he's a person that I need because I'm not like him. Yeah. Yeah. And I need those things that he has to offer. Mm-hmm. So, I think every day, especially when you're feeling a little discontent or mm-hmm. dissatisfied, Look for those things in your relationship. Or, or one time, like, he washed the dishes for me. Like, I didn't even ask him to do it. He just did it. So I thought that was super sweet. <laughs> so, like, I, I just need to look for things like that so yeah, I can be Yeah, because the truth is the reason why you're watching porn, the reason why you're not happy in your marriage mm-hmm. um, is because you're not fulfilled in right. some way in your life. Right. Yeah. You're not getting intimacy. You're not getting uh, whatever it is that us humans need so there there is a reason so everything rebecca's saying right now um can help in any circumstance if it's hardcore porn or if it's reading the romantic novels and you're addicted to how that feels or if it's watching the netflix show whatever it is that you're addicted to being thankful and being content is a part of getting free from all of those things loving who you are loving who god has made you Mm -hmm. being who he has made you so that will help as well We've yeah. talked about a lot of stuff. I love this so much. This has been great. This was so good. What a good conversation. So much fun. We got three good girls here and the fake bad girl. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Marquia was telling us before we started, because Rebecca, Keely, and I, we were always looked at as little good girls. You know, <laughs> your parents are preachers. And oh my God, don't say that in front of them. And Mark's told us that uh, she was actually <laughs> thought of as a bad girl. Yeah, everybody thought I was bad. But I was good. But she was actually but, good. But I wanted them to think I was bad, so I would just lie all the time. <laughs> she and would lie. Honestly, Satan will give you shame about that kind of stuff, too. Mm-hmm. You know, if Absolutely. you're in parentheses, if you really are a good girl, or you're not doing really sexual things, he'll make you feel shame about that. Because yep. in our culture, it's cool to be 
sexual. And I just wasn't. And I didn't care to be. But in high school, I was like, absolutely, yeah. I have so much experience. And I'm just thinking, I don't even know what that means. I've never done that ever. Never done that ever. <laughs> That's so funny. Darn you, Satan. You fool. <laughs> you Go fool. back to hell where you <laughs> Go back to yeah, hell. Back you to rat. Hell. Oh, man. This was so good. Thank you so much, Keely. Yeah. For being our guest thank you for yes. having me yes this is amazing it's an honor it's so hard to say everything we want to say in a short amount of time because we could go on oh, and on yeah. hours <laughs> we feel can like we this... still got more to say oh we for do sure. we do yeah i think we need to extend this episode to a part two because yeah. this is so good yeah and i'm so excited i'm excited to tell my story too i'm gonna reveal some stuff about uh, the addiction that I had. Ooh. <laughs> oh, Stay tuned. <laughs> Stay tuned. Because yeah. I'm going to tell you guys my story, my addiction that I had with pornography, how I'm still overcoming lust and all that that means, the huge demon that that is. Mm -hmm. um, so stay tuned. We're going to continue this conversation. We love you guys so much. Love you. And hey, yeah. oh, oh, I wrote this, I wrote this note while we were talking. So, you know, everyone knows about the Me Too movement, mm -hmm. right? And I realized that that girl said to you, Me Too. And all those girls were coming to you saying, Me, Me Too. too. Mm -hmm. um, God is always doing more than the enemy is doing. Mm -hmm. So the enemy likes to pervert the feminist movement. And he's trying to bring men down. And he's trying to make us um, look like little sluts. And that's okay. Like... People got their boobs hanging out. They're, like, completely hanging out. It's like, I'm a feminist. You got to be okay with looking at my naked body, you know? Yeah. Like, all that's a bunch of crap. But anyways, <laughs> um, I thought it was so cool that all these girls were coming to you saying, me too. Mm -hmm. And how God wants to, um, he, he's doing something as well. Mm -hmm. Like, And, and I, would, I would encourage you guys, this is what I want you to do, ladies and men. If you are struggling with pornography... Um, and then that could mean emotionally um, fantasizing about something that's never really going to come to pass. Um, romantic novels, and those novels can get real bad. I've read some yep. of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Very descriptive. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. So if you're dealing with anything that we've talked about, I want you to DM us on Instagram at Good Girl Podcast and simply say, Me too. Yeah. Let's start the conversation. Um, let's help one another. And as soon as you send in me too, uh, one of us will respond. It's probably going to be me. And we'll start talking about what you're going through. And we're going to try to help you. Yeah. And together, we're going to get freedom from all of our crap. Yes. yes. Oh, in my Jesus goodness. Name. The devil is no longer going to lie to us and keep us isolated. And in the dark, we are coming to the light. Yeah. Yes. Hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, stand up, good girls. <laughs> stand up. Will the real good girls please stand up? <laughs> we love you guys so much. Thank you for listening to Good Girl Podcast. Stay tuned for Porn Likes Good Girls Part, part two. two. Yeah. yeah. Dun, Peace. Dun, dun. <laughs>